Thank you for listening to this audio recording from the pastoral team at Church of the Redeemer, an Anglican church in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Redeemer, its ministry, or its mission, then visit us online at RedeemerGSO.org. This morning, um, Father Benjamin Wall is going to give us uh, a bit of a devotional and, uh, and homily on John chapter 2. So, uh, Benjamin, do I see you on there? I'm right here. Awesome. Cool. So Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples began to believe in him, John 2, 11. So the first of Jesus's great signs was the transformation of water into wine at the marriage in Cana of Galilee, a small village town in an area known for its thieves, rebels, and Gentiles. Isn't it amazing that in the same way God chose a small village in a tiny, insignificant country for his son's incarnation, Jesus chooses a small and insignificant town to begin his ministry. From the very beginning, Jesus is portrayed as the son of God, the savior of the world, whose life and work transgresses religious and racial and national boundaries. He came, John says, to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God, John 1, 11 through 13. So from the beginning, we can see why Jesus' life and ministry would be one marked with challenge, pain and suffering, and even death. Personally, I wonder how scandalous it must have been to expect the Messiah to come for me and for my people, and then to discover that he came for the whole world, Gentiles, muggles, rebels, and thieves included. And I wonder if this is why Jesus was reluctant to begin his ministry on that day. If this might help us make some meaning of his response to his mother, my hour has not yet come. And if maybe, just maybe, he thought he could begin tomorrow or the next day thereafter. I honestly think these are questions worthy of our consideration as we shelter and hunker down in place over the course of this day or tomorrow and maybe the next. And as a side note, in case you didn't know, Jesus's mother only shows up twice in the Gospel of John. Here, when Jesus responds to her about how his hour has not yet come, and then at the foot of the cross, in John 19, when his hour of death had come, and before which Jesus indicates the beloved disciple John and tells Mary, woman, behold your son. And then he tells the disciple, behold your mother, where he makes her the mother of his disciples, his church. There is so much in John's gospel, and I really do encourage us to think through these things and to read and to ponder these questions. So back to the story. Jesus has been invited to the marriage in Cana together with his mother and disciples. And when the wine had ran out, um, this presumably was going to spoil the festive atmosphere of the wedding, uh, perhaps embarrass the bridegroom and the bride and their families because running out of wine at the wedding would have brought great shame on the bride and the groom and their families. And that shame would have lingered long in the village culture there in Cana. And so the mother of Jesus intervenes. She intercedes, and Jesus begins his public ministry, 
with a sign that lays the foundation for understanding all subsequent signs throughout his ministry. It's also important to note that the wedding at Cana is very unique to the fourth gospel and is the first of Jesus's signs, or seven signs in the entire narrative. It's not recorded in the gospels of Matthew, Mark, or Luke. And John goes out of his way to make it very clear why he included it in his account. And he writes, it's to reveal the glory of Jesus and encourage belief among his disciples. This is why John is writing this gospel. He wants to reveal the glory of Christ to us. He wants us to receive the grace of belief, of believing. A few weeks ago, we read from John 1, where John writes, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And it's for this reason I think it's right of us to ask, What is the glory of Christ revealed in this story of the wedding at Cana? In other words, what does this sign reveal about who Jesus is and what Jesus will do? It's important to know that the miracles Jesus performs throughout John's gospel are actually never called miracles, but signs. In other words, the miracle itself is not really what we're supposed to see, as miraculous as it truly is. Of course, Let's be honest, water into wine would be truly amazing. Lee and I experienced something of a miracle in relation to wine and alcohol almost 20 years ago at our wedding, believe it or not. We were married on August 4th, 2002, and we had spent many months, as you do, planning our wedding without much money and no wedding planner. With a budget under $4,000 and a lot of labor of love from friends and coworkers and family, we somehow pulled off one of the most amazing and epic weddings that I've ever attended. And of course, I'm biased here, but our wedding was at the Tournament Players Country Club in Raleigh. And after our wedding, there was an epic spread of hors d'oeuvres and food stuff. Now, Leah was working as a waitress at the country club. And so we were given the deal of a lifetime. For $1,500, we got everything that this tournament players country club had to offer except wine and alcohol. So if people wanted to drink, they would have to pay for it on their own over in the bar area on the day of our wedding. But because our wedding was the first wedding in that space, in addition to Leah's working relationships, the country club intended to go all out and then use their videographer and pictures to market event planning at the country club for weddings. In other words, we were the guinea pigs, so to speak. The only stipulation we were given other than pay for your own alcohol was that our wedding would have to begin in the afternoon because there was going to be a tournament players professional golf tournament that morning. So we adjusted our plans and the ceremony began in the early afternoon. The golf tournament ended. We rushed onto the scene. We set up the rental chairs. We got, uh, ready as the guests arrived, and then we had our wedding and then celebrated thereafter. And what no one really thought about was that in addition to our wedding party and guests, there would be hundreds of professional golfers and attendees celebrating post-golf tournament, all intermingling in all the same spaces at the country club. And this is where the miracle occurs. As Leah and I finished our first dance, we were approached by the country club manager, and he informed us that there was no way in the world for them to distinguish all the guests associated with the tournament 
and those with our party. And so drinks were on the house for everyone. <laughs> After we shared the announcement, within minutes, you could immediately identify who was a good Southern Baptist from a backslidden one. And it was like cocktails and wine galore. And it was good wine and cocktails at that. Now, I admit, I know that this isn't a water into wine story, but it was truly amazing. In fact, many of our friends and family still talk about it a lot. While I'm sad, no one actually remembers the really awesome tuxedo that I rented or the fact that I attempted to break dance in that tuxedo in front of hundreds of people. I am glad that people do remember that day and how abundant it was, not only for Leah and I, but for them. It was a celebration of great abundance. And in many ways, I believe that the signs that mark Jesus's ministry are revealing abundance, the abundance and superabundance of who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing and will do for us. The miracles point to a truer revelation about Jesus. And I think this could be an important way for us to move through the remainder of the season of Epiphany, because revelation for revelation's sake isn't the point. What deeper reality is Jesus revealing? What are we supposed to see about Jesus? Jesus' signs show us what abundant grace is, what grace tastes like what it looks like, what it smells like, what it sounds like, what it feels like. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace, John 1, 16. So Jesus turning water into wine is the revealing of abundant grace in this season of epiphany. And what does abundant grace taste like? Like the best wine when you're expecting the cheap stuff. The sign of Jesus transforming the water into wine at the Cana wedding points us to something far more valuable than the wine itself, as fine as the wine may be. It points us to the source of all life, the source of all joy. Jesus's sign of transforming the water into wine is a sign that in him, in Jesus Christ, life, joy, and salvation has arrived. At the beginning of John's gospel, John tells us that in him was life, and that life was the light of all people, John 1.4. And later in the gospel, Jesus will tell us, I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly, John 10.10. So what is abundant life? Abundant life is more than the mere existence or survival, and it's certainly more than an abundance of material things. Abundant life is to know and to be known by the one through whom all life came into being, John 1, 3. It is to have an intimate relationship with the God who loves us so much and whose love is endlessly abundant, super abundant. It is the kind of life and relationship depicted by the abundance of fine wine in this story. Of course, abundant life does not mean a life of comfort, or an absence of sorrow or suffering, but it does mean that in Jesus, we have a super abundant, extravagant source of grace to sustain us. Grace that is more than sufficient to provide where we fall short and to give us joy, even amid sorrow and struggle and pain, even death. 
And you know where super abundance truly is in this story? It's not really in the quantity of wine Jesus provides, but in the fact that in Jesus Christ, God, the Messiah shows up and attends a poor couple's wedding. God, the unexpected guest shows up and responds to an unexpected human need in the most unexpected way. Abundant life means that in Christ, we are joined to the source of true life, life that is rich and full, life that is eternal, life that neither sorrow nor suffering nor death itself can destroy. And Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples began to believe in him. John 2.11. Sisters and brothers, may we begin and continue to believe in the source of true life, Jesus Christ. Amen.